All right, by the end of this episode, if you aren't interested in Thomas Sowell, then I have epically failed, and may God have mercy on my soul. Welcome to Jimbo Radio. This is Jimbo. Today's episode, Why Thomas Sowell? My audience is specifically a friend, but for anyone else who comes across this, I extend the recommendation to all. Everyone should be familiar with Thomas Sowell's main ideas. He has a strong bias for personal freedom and free markets, and he supports those ideas very well with evidence, data, logic, and reasoning. But that's not the reason I recommend him. His greatest takeaway is his ability to think and clearly present information and It's all about the processes and the trade-offs. Choose any opinion, moral, or value that you have. Seriously, pick something. What are the options? What are the processes? And what gets traded off by doing this over something else? If you read or listen to Thomas Sowell, you will constantly hear him say, quote, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. You may value the trade-off, but it's still a trade-off. And I'll probably come back to this idea at least a little bit. I'm going to give a quick background of why I got into Thomas Sowell. I'm going to give a quicker background of Thomas Sowell's personal bio. And then I'm going to frame the rest of my recommendation on the value of Thomas Sowell around his book, Knowledge and Decisions. All right, so my background Not so long ago, a few years ago, I actually remember where I was living at the time of this conversation that I was having with a friend. It was between 2016 and 2017 during that school year, and my friend and I were arguing about politics, and I made just the most embarrassing, stupid statement, and I seriously believed it at the time. I said something along the lines of, I don't care about the economy. I only care about people. And my friend responded by insulting me and telling me how stupid I was. Now I can see clearly just how ignorant and how naive my stance was. Probably what I more meant was something along the lines of, I don't care what the US GDP is. And even that's a bit, a bit naive at the time. I was an educator and I had a graduate degree and I was saying something as absurd as I don't care about the economy. I only care about people. So after the phone conversation, I was very annoyed and I went to go prove my friend wrong. So I started learning a little bit about economics. And of course, the very first thing I learned watching crash course economics on YouTube was that economics is the study of people in choice. Wow. As I learned more, I actually got really interested in economics. I didn't realize really what economics was, obviously. From there, I started listening to all the top ranked economic books. And of course, I ended up coming to Thomas Sowell When I first started listening to him, I had no idea that he was black or a conservative. So I definitely came to him with very fresh 
and open ears as I was listening to his basic economics. And so that's that's pretty much where I am. I've listened to several of his books now. He is way too biased for me politically. But besides that, I think just the way he thinks, the way he presents arguments, the way he analyzes information, he is by far one of my favorite intellectuals. So my goal today is to capture why people should read and attempt to understand Thomas Sowell. Regardless of political affiliations, even if you disagree with him, which I often do, the arguments and evidence should be known and considered. So because you disagree with him, it's probably even more of a reason to seek out the arguments and the evidence that he presents. So now let's do a brief bio of Thomas Sowell. He's 91 years old, and please do not watch his YouTube videos. The, the older he looks in his YouTube videos, the more likely it's going to sound like straight-up propaganda. So I would strongly discourage anyone to introduce themselves to Thomas Sowell on YouTube. That's a very bad idea. So his actual bio. He was born in North Carolina. He was raised by a great aunt. Both his parents died at a very young age. Eventually, his aunt had moved him and, I guess, her family to Harlem. Thomas Sowell grew up poor. Eventually, he dropped out of high school and was drafted into the Marine Corps during the Korean War. After the war, he finished high school at Harvard University's night school. He got into Harvard, graduated with a degree in economics, then got a master's degree from Columbia, and then eventually, following a mentor of his, transferred to the University of Chicago, where he got his PhD in economics. For anyone that's interested in, in more about his life, you should check out the biography called Maverick by Jason Riley. In fact, I would recommend if any if anyone is interested in more Thomas Sowell to start with that biography Maverick. It's fairly short and it definitely represents all of his main ideas. So as a crash course to Thomas Sowell Maverick by Jason Riley. So I would like to come back to definition of economics. So this is a definition that you will hear Thomas Sowell give in most, if not all, of his books at some point from Thomas Sowell. This is how he classically defines economics. Economics is the study of the allocation of scarce resources which have alternative uses. Go ahead and pause this again and think about any resource. How many different usages does that resource have? And how do you decide what to use that resource for. When you're thinking about those questions, that's economics. Time is a scarce resource. Why should you allocate some of your time to Dr. Soul? I'm going to use his book, Knowledge and Decisions, originally published in 1980 and reissued in 1996 as my justification. Going forward, whenever I quote Thomas Sowell, I am specifically quoting Thomas Sowell from his book, Knowledge and Decisions. And I think this book does a great job of 
capturing the basic economics information and also capturing just the philosophy of how to apply that information and then looking at evidence and data and coming through just a whole process of how we should, coming back to the title of the book, make decisions and how you use knowledge to come to those decisions. All right, here's a couple very short excerpts from two of the most popular reviews on Goodreads. So Dan from Goodreads says, This book will force you to think carefully about how the world works and how certain beliefs about the world can lead to consequences of which nobody could have conceived. Ari says it's about decision-making, asymmetric information, incentives, and public policy. It's also, sneakily, an introduction to economics and economic thinking. It's a sort of book that makes economics look like a fun and interesting topic, as well as a disciplined science. Here are some of Thomas Sowell's sneaky economic introductions. So this is talking about economic systems. An economic system is a system for the production and distribution of goods and services. But what is crucial for understanding the way it functions is that it is a system for rationing goods and services that are inadequate to supply all that people want. This is true of any economic, whether it's called capitalism, socialism, feudalism, or any other name. A utopia would not be an economic system. What makes them all economic systems is that they have systemic procedures for preventing people from getting goods and services, denying them access to natural resources, tools, or equipment for production, and limiting their ability to work at the task they would prefer. Capitalist systems use capitalist methods of denial. Socialist systems use socialist methods of denial. But all economic systems must use some method of denial. This is the main idea for knowledge and decisions. There are inherent constraints. Economic systems exist to rationalize and efficiently manage resources and scarcity. So, Soul continues. If resources were not scarce, there would be no economics. We would be in the Garden of Eden or in a utopia. Similarly, if each resource had only one possible use, the only economic problem would be deciding which particular individual should produce it or consume it. But economics is much more complicated than that, because in the real world, the same resource can be used to produce a wide variety of products. All right, so end quote. So once again, definition. Economics is a study of allocating scarce resources with alternative use. So this brings us to the main focus of knowledge and decisions. So this is another quote from Sol. And this is him summarizing what the book is about in the preface from 1996. The most fundamental question is not what decision to make, but who is to make it through what processes and under what incentives and constraints and with what feedback mechanisms to correct the decision if it proves to be wrong. If you read, listen, or hear anything about soul, you'll quickly learn he values personal freedom 
and individuals' choices to make decisions. Regardless of those values, his main ideas apply. Think of individuals, family units, businesses, local government, big government, etc. Once again, it's not what is decided, but who decides. The process, the incentives, the constraints, and the feedback mechanisms to prove and correct the choice. Think of any important choice in society or your family. Who is deciding? What is the process? What are the incentives? What are the constraints? And what is the feedback mechanism? So for the knowledge aspect of the title of the book, Thomas Sowell popularized the term dispersed knowledge. Dispersed knowledge is the idea that no deciding agent has all the information. There are so many factors involved, it would be impossible for anything short of an all-knowing God to possess all relevant information for decision-making. When it comes to economic, social, political decisions, it is most important to consider who is making the choice, the process they're using, the incentives they're putting in place, the constraints being placed, and the feedback that will quantify and qualify the result. So I know I've repeated that three times now, but I've repeated it three times because I think it's important to understand and to realize, consider those main ideas. And Thomas Sowell repeats this very often throughout his book. So back to Thomas Sowell in his words. The central theme of the second half of knowledge and decisions is, even within democratic nations, the locus of decision-making has drifted away from the individual, the family, and voluntary associations of various sorts, and towards government. And within government, it has moved away from the elected officials, subject to voter feedback, and towards more insulated government institutions, such as bureaucracies and appointed judiciaries. Sol argues that the processes are being manipulated from what the Constitution intended to favor special interest groups. This part of the book shows me how little I understand our government, the Constitution, and the systems in place to pass, enforce, create, and determine how society and the government function. The big takeaway is back to trade-offs. Thomas Sowell goes into great detail to explain and give numerous examples politically, economically, and socially to support his main idea, to argue for why you would want individuals and not government making these decisions based off of the cost of knowledge and who actually has the knowledge and what constraints get put in place and how feedback is measured. According to Thomas Sowell, a centralized decision maker cannot keep up with all those aspects, all the, all these costs, benefits, and trade-offs that have to do with deciding and gaining knowledge to make decisions. So if you're really interested in that aspect, you should check out the book. If you're not that interested in that aspect, then I still think you can take away the main ideas having to do with 
how you come to decisions based off of who decides, the process that is used to decide, incentives in place, constraints in place, and then the mechanisms to gather feedback. So really consider that and then just understand what economics is, the study of allocating scarce resources with multiple usages. All right, well, this has taken longer than I anticipated. I do have several pages of notes and excerpts that I may or may not get around to, and maybe I'll edit this. But once again, I think it's very important that anyone that wants to try and convince someone else, anyone that wants to have a constructive conversation about social issues, economic issues, or political issues, you really should familiarize yourself with Thomas Sowell. I would recommend as a starting point, Jason Riley's biography of Thomas Sowell titled Maverick, or go ahead and, and dive right into Thomas Sowell. I think... Uh, I'll add in I'll add in the show notes. I'll I'll choose three of my favorites of his books to recommend because right now off the top of my head, I'm not quite sure which ones I would choose. Knowledge and decisions, absolutely, definitely is going to make the top three. All right. If you have any questions, any feedback, you want to correct anything I said, I will take any and all feedback. Thank you. And go get yourself some Thomas Sowell.